Hello and welcome, everyone. Today is Friday, June 3rd, 2022. As always, I'm your host, The Pody. I believe this is episode 171 today. And as I sit here doing this show, it's been two weeks since my last episode, episode 170, and I thought I would give you guys a little explanation. I figured I owed my loyal audience an explanation as to why I have been missing in action for the past two weeks or so. And here it goes. I think it's a pretty good excuse. Um, the college softball team that I coach with my dad, we were fortunate enough to win our conference and make it into the national championship tournament, which took place up in Syracuse, New York. So there was a lot of preparation that went into that. Um, I had to pack my bag. So let's take it back, I think, two weeks to that Friday. Um, we, we left on Monday. I got home. You know, there was still a lot of planning going into that. It was very fluid up to the minute. Um, back and forth with the, you know, AD and such and getting arrangements made and hotels and whatnot, and then packing and getting ready for everything. And I had to go to work on Monday. And then we left um, in the early evening on Monday on a bus to Syracuse, went down there or went up there, whatever. Um, we, we, it lasted the whole week pretty much, and then we finished up on Friday. Uh, we did not win the tournament, in case anyone was wondering. Great experience. Um, I think we did a phenomenal job with only having 11 girls on the team. We didn't know if we were going to even have a team in mid-February. Season started in March, and um, you know we held our own all season. It was a great accomplishment. Um, in just two years, what we've accomplished at the school in two full seasons of playing, it, it's nothing short of miraculous. Um, so anyway, we got done on Friday and we came home late Friday night. So again, that was the second week. Couldn't get an episode in there. So now we're here on Friday, June 3rd, two weeks out from my last episode. And I am free now for the rest of the summer pretty much. So I don't foresee myself missing any more episodes of this show. Um, we've got a lot to get to. NBA Finals last night. NHL playoffs have been insane. We had the match as well. Um, what else am I missing? Uh, College World Series, baseball, softball, you name it. It's all on. It, it's a hectic time of year in sports, and it's a fun time of year. So without further ado, let's jump right in. We are going to start with a little baseball recap. By now, you've all heard the slap. Yes, I am talking, of course, of Jock Peterson's face being slapped by one other, none other than Reds outfielder Tommy Pham. If you don't know the situation or the sitch, or what went down between Tommy Pham and the Giants, Jacques Peterson. Well, let me break it down for you. Okay. So, pregame, um, 
let's see. Okay, so during batting practice before Friday's game, so last Friday, Reds outfielder Tommy Pham, who previously was on the Padres, slapped Jock Peterson in the face. This caused, you know, um, teams to to converge, and it was kind of crazy. Uh, Peterson then said after the game that the slap stemmed from a fantasy football dispute from a year ago. Oh, my God. So what happened? Exactly what happened in my fantasy basketball league just previously. Tommy Pham accused Jock Peterson of stashing players on IR who were out but not on IR, to which Peterson said it wasn't against the rules per se. Um, I have done this. Everybody does this, whether it's fantasy basketball, whatever. Um, I've, I've done this in fantasy baseball right now. I have a guy that's on IR, and so I pick up another player because when someone's on, on, on IR, you can pick up an additional player. When that player is is once again available, you have to drop somebody to take them off IR. So what I've done is I leave them on IR because I'm not ready to bring them back because I'm just like, well, this player I picked up is doing pretty good and there's no one else I really want to drop right now, so I'm going to just leave you on IR for a little bit longer. And that happened in our fantasy basketball league with COVID. You would put guys on IR, so we had to open it up and add another IR spot um, or IL spot, whatever. And same thing. Same exact thing. You put a guy there, they come back, and now you don't take them off and you're adding other players. So it happens in all of fantasy. And as a commissioner, there's only so much that you can do to combat it. There's really nothing you can do. So it's, you know, it's one of those unwritten rules per se, but it's it falls all within the, you know, the rules. Like you can do it. Otherwise, you wouldn't be allowed to do it. And it wouldn't, whether you're using Yahoo, ESPN, whatever, it just wouldn't physically allow you. So fam... Um, responded Saturday saying that Peterson disrespected his Padres team in the league group chat. So this is where it gets a little bit interesting. He goes on to say that they had all this money on the line. So th there's a code. Um, you're screwing with my money. Then you're going to say some disrespectful bleep. There's a code to this. All right. So the disrespectful text in question, I have the audio of Jock Peterson breaking it down. He brought the receipts to the press conference um, and he showed everybody the exact gif that he sent. And so let me just cue up Jock Peterson explaining this all himself. It's, it's quite comical and amusing if you ask me. So here it is. Suspension before the game. Just what's your reaction to that? Uh, yeah, I saw that. And uh, I know what he said, and either it's true. There are uh, there was a lot of money involved in it. There, I did send a GIF in the group chat that was making fun of the Padres. Um, in the group chat, there was also some. There was more than one Padre. There was maybe four or five that uh, I'm kind of close with a couple of them, and it was supposed to be a friendly thing, just making fun of. They were playing bad and just talking back and forth. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he did not like that and responded. Uh, Jock, I don't know you well enough to make any jokes like this. And, uh, yeah, so then um, 
I wrote back, I'm just trying to pull it up. So it's the exact, um, was meant to be all fun and games. No hard feelings. Sorry if you took it that way. Um, and then about two weeks later, after like week four or five, uh, he ended up leaving the league and, uh, there's been no communication since. Um, but like I said, it, it is true. I did send a, uh, a gif making fun of the Padres, and uh, if I hurt anyone's feelings, I apologize for that. What was it? Um, it was like I'll show you. I guess it was like three weightlifters lifting, and um, that's what it was. Because they were a really good team, so it was kind of making fun of how they were uh, not playing well to make the playoffs with a very talented team. So, uh, I mean, I was teammates with some of them, and uh, yeah, it was supposed to be lighthearted, and I understand everyone un takes jokes differently. So, like I said, I apologize for that, and looking to move past this and show up tomorrow with no distractions and try to help this team win a ball game. Okay, so the GIF in question, he showed it to reporters. You can't really get a sense of what it was from the uh, audio-only version listening to this. But it was three weightlifters throwing these bags up over their heads or whatever the weight. And um, the Padres weightlifter, quote-unquote, because he had uh, the names of the teams above, their, above each weightlifter's head. Um, it was the Giants, the... Dodgers and Padres and the Padres one was the third one on the right and um the weight fell on on that person and they fell down so pretty lighthearted pretty funny and apparently Tommy Pham is not a jokester and doesn't like that and so this uh he he went on Tommy Pham just keeps making himself sound worse and worse he went on to say um yeah Jock Peterson said he left the league after like 4 weeks the MLB slapped him with a three-game suspension, uh, pun intended, um, but not before Tommy Pham decided to drag another big, big-name player into this whole mess. He called out league commissioner because, of course, when you play fantasy football, nobody is ever satisfied with the commissioner. It's always the commissioner's fault. Same thing in every league I play in. Always the commissioner's fault. They never do a good enough job. They need to fix this. They need to fix that. And in the end, it's their fault, no matter what happens, especially when you have a bad, when you're doing poorly in the league. So that big name player in question, none other than the best player in baseball himself, Mike Trout, who in fact was the league commissioner of this fantasy football uh, fiasco. This is what Tommy Pham said. Trout did a terrible job, man. Trout's the worst commissioner in fantasy sports. Oh my God. I don't know about all that. I've been in some pretty poor leagues with some pretty bad, uh, commissioners, but he did go, he did try to, he, he tried to say this. He tried to talk out of both sides of his mouth. Um, he admitted, oh, Trout never wanted the role as commissioner, but then at the same time, he places the blame solely on Mike Trout. He said the league buy-in was $10,000 and that last place had to pay an extra 10 k Isn't that like pocket change? Like 
like couch cushion money. These guys make millions of dollars. I know Tommy Pham isn't like a household name, but he's a starter on pretty much every team he's been on. He's been a catalyst for most teams. He's got some speed. He's a good outfielder. I mean, he could hit the ball. I don't understand like what's the big deal about $10,000 like do better. He clearly was a bottom feeder in this league and didn't do a good job. And he's one of those guys that has too much time on his hands. I have a guy in my league that's like that. Just so annoying, a little bit unhinged. And this is like his day, his full-time job. And he takes it so serious. I take it seriously too. But if you can't beat a guy who's stashing dudes on IR, then that's your own problem. And that's your own fault. So this was a high-profile league, though, I will say, and it's cool that it came out um, who all the members were. Other league members include Manny Machado, Eric Hosmer, and Mike Moustakis, a lot of those guys, Padres players. Um, but, yeah, the whole thing just got out of hand. Fam did stay true to his word, though. Um, apparently, he did text the group chat um, d when this all went down at the time that the next time he saw Peterson, he was going to pimp slap him. So I think it's a little bit of a of a chump move, if you ask me. Uh, but everybody's having a little fun with it. Mike Trout was asked about it, and he responded and had, you know, had this to say. Am I going to resign? Uh, I haven't made that decision. I don't know. <laughs> but every commissioner I know always gets booed so uh, no but uh it, it's like i said you know tommy and everybody in that and was that that was involved in that you know very passionate about fantasy football i think uh a lot of people you know put their put their hearts to it and i do too i lost that league so i, I have nothing to do with it so spoken like a true competitor uh but yeah mike trout having some fun with it and i'm pretty sure you know, he's got other things on his mind right now as the A's are in free fall, having lost, what, eight in a row now, um, dropping two more to the Yankees yesterday, scored uh, just a couple of runs on the day. Um, but that's besides the point. Uh, let's move on now. All right, the Lakers made headlines over the weekend when they hired Bucks assistant Darvin Ham as their new head coach, ending a search that included Warriors assistant Kenny Atkinson and former Trailblazers head coach Terry Stotts. I'm actually hearing word that uh, my man, my main man, Kenny Atkinson, who I saw on the bench yesterday during the game one of the NBA Finals, I'm hearing now that he is looking like the front runner for the Hornets job. So um, that would be nice if he, because he's much deserving uh, of that. Um, so, so that would be good. And I think, you know, um, he deserves a second chance because he was a little bit railroaded by by the um, Nets, if you ask me. So anyway, um, let's see. If you don't know much about Darvin Ham, because I didn't know the name, he was previously a Lakers assistant from 2011 to 2013. His NBA playing career includes a ring uh, from coming off the bench for the 2004 Pistons, and his career spanned from 96 to 2005. That's not bad, nine years. Um, but one thing I do have to say to him is good luck managing an aging LeBron, um, an injury plagued Anthony Davis and possibly Mr. Westbrook himself. LeBron did endorse the hire on Twitter, but you know, let's see how long that lasts before coach LeBron tries to take over. Not going to be, uh, very good. And I just thought, uh, on a side note, I just thought of one thing, um, that popped in my head. So, 
Um, Winning Time about the Lakers, you know, uh, is on HBO Max. I haven't yet watched it. I'm waiting for all the episodes to release. They might have all come out by now. But um, my dad sent me an article earlier in the week. A former rival of mine, um, a kid that I hit a home run off of, a three-run homer, in the quarterfinals of my county baseball tournament, who then went on to become the closer um, for the Rutgers baseball team, is actually an actor in Winning Time. I forget um, the role he plays. It's not a big role or anything, but um, I do know that he had to, uh, I was reading the article on NJ.com, he had to lose about 40 pounds, getting all crazy kinds of shape and go through all this training. So that, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, the kid has been through a rough, you know, rough life, um, he's had a rough life. Both his parents died, I think, by the time he was finished with high school or or when he was like 19. It's just insane. Um, so good for him, man. Um, but yeah, that's my story. I hit a three-run homer off him, helped us win the game in the quarterfinals of the county tournament, and now he's a big Hollywood actor, even if he's not, you know, a main character in the show. I thought that was pretty cool. Anyway, in other baseball news, Giants manager Gabe Kapler said he won't take the field for the national anthem until he feels better about the direction of our country in response to the school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. Yes, where 19 uh, kids were killed and a couple teachers. We all know the story by now. Just another massacre in our school system. Here's what I'll say about soy boy Gabe Kapler. First of all, he is a millionaire. He was a mediocre bench player when he played baseball as an MLB player. Mediocre at best. Mediocre manager was fired at the helm of the Phillies. Okay, so very mediocre manager. Great. They had an unbelievable season. They won the division last year, and then they got bounced in the first round of the playoffs against the Dodgers. So... If Gabe Kapler, who's mediocre at best at his job, every job he's ever had, really, because that's all he has done is baseball. If he don't like this, if he don't like this country and he don't want to respect the flag and respect the service members that have fought and died for this country. okay, what about them? okay, because he's spitting on their graves, each and every one of them, when he doesn't decide to come out of the uh, of the dugout or or wherever he's hiding. okay. um, for the national anthem, he's disrespecting all of them. And if he don't like it, he could kick rocks and move to Mexico or move to Canada where they're going to ban all, all firearms and, 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 you know, the importation of gun and whatever the hell Trudeau is doing or whatever that announcement was. It's just ridiculous that you think you're going to take on that. Um, kind of endeavor and think it's going to be successful, but it's absolutely ridiculous. I could rant on this for, for hours. Um, but Gabe Kapler, um, is a joke. I cannot believe that Well, the whole giants organization is a joke. The way they railroaded my man, Aubrey Huff. Um, he went off about this whole thing as well. Uh, it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous and it's pathetic and it, like, wake up. What are the San Francisco Giants doing? I hope they lose every game the rest of the year and it has nothing to do with their players. I'm sure their players are good guys. I'm a fa huge fan of Evan Longoria. Um, but my goodness, like just ridiculous. I have no respect for Gabe Kapler whatsoever. Okay. Um, NCAA baseball tournament 
the road to the College World Series. Um, they announced the regional sites and all 64 teams that made the tournament. I think they announced uh, that on like Sunday and Monday. Tennessee and Stanford, your top two teams leading the way. Tennessee is heavy favorites to win it all after a miraculous, not miraculous, but after an unbelievable 53-7 and season. I don't believe they've ever won a College World Series. Um, some other notable teams in the field, Oregon State, Virginia Tech, Texas, Miami. One team that did not make the tournament, my Rutgers Scarlet Knights. They finished the season 44 and 15 and lost to Michigan in the Big Ten title game. Unbelievable. Um, of course, if they won the Big Ten title game, they would have gotten the automatic bid. They didn't they did not get an at-large bid. Um, I'm hearing mostly because of their RPI or BPI, whatever the hell. Um, it's just ridiculous, though. Um, they were one of the first four teams out, again, of the 64-team field, despite breaking a program record for wins and finishing, like I said, runners-up. They finished as runners-ups runner up, um, in the not only the Big Ten tournament, as I mentioned, but the Big Ten regular season. And because of rain in the Big Ten tournament, they were playing games well past midnight. Some of these games were starting at like 10 p.m. And then they had to come back the next day and play again. They didn't lose a game till that Big Ten title. Um, just unbelievable that they didn't get in. It, to me, it's a bad look for the committee, considering Rutgers led the country in runs scored per game with 9.7. Second nationally, we're second nationally in doubles, third in hits, fifth in batting average, eighth in slugging percentage, 11th in on base percentage, and 17th in home runs. Um, so yeah, Rutgers doesn't get in. The last time they were in, I believe, was 07, I want to say it was, or 06, the uh, when Todd Frazier was here, um, getting things done. But, uh, yeah, so they don't get in. Um, again, it was Maryland and Michigan, I believe, were the only two Big Ten teams to get in. And then, of course, there's teams like Binghamton, uh, Bing Binghamton that get in, Alabama State, like all these, Canisius, Canisius um, all these teams, obviously, I believe, won their conferences to get those automatic bids. But, yeah, Rutgers didn't get an at-large because they didn't win the Big Ten, and the Big Ten was presumably um, a little bit down this year. Uh, teams weren't that good. Um, so before we move on, just some scores from around, because the, the regional started today. Texas up 9-3 on Air Force. Notre Dame 2-0. That's in a delay over Texas Tech. North Carolina beat Ho or is beating Hofstra 15-4 in the ninth. 7-2 Louisville over Southeast Missouri. Texas A&M up 6-2 on Oral Roberts late. Vanderbilt down to San Diego, 3-0 in the fourth or end of the fourth. Stanford, the number two seed, hosting their region, up 10-2 on Binghamton. Um, fun fact, Binghamton has a player um, that went to my high school that actually broke my RBI record there. Um, let's see. Campbell beat Georgia Tech 15-8. UConn beat Wake Forest. That got interesting late. That was on. My dad had that on as I was walking in the door from work. UConn was up pretty handily, and then it got interesting late. They hold on for an 8-7 win. Arkansas 7-1 over Grand Canyon. Yada, yada. Oh, God. East Carolina beat Copen State 17-1. Copen State was uh, one of those teams that was under 500 when they got in. They have a local kid from my county um, that's their top player, but they got smoked 17-1. to 
Yikes. Um, and there's games on all all the rest of the day. Tennessee will play at six against Alabama State. Coastal Carolina will play Virginia at six on ESPN plus Florida later, blah, blah, blah. Virginia Tech later at seven. Just games on it's gonna be this is a fun time of the year, uh, with baseball and softball. There's gonna be games on every day pretty much up until the college world series. Okay, so um Let's see. Oh, before I move on, I said Tennessee's the number one uh, and Stanford's number two. History is not just an interesting stat. History is not on Tennessee's side. The last number one overall seed to win the College World Series was Miami in 1999. So let's see if they can break that curse, which is now going on, what, 23 years? Yikes. All right, let's jump over to golf. Um, what an event. We had um, at the Charles Schwab Challenge on Sunday, Sam Burns had a Sunday, like had a final day that people dream of. He entered the final round seven shots back of the greatest golfer on the planet at the moment, Scotty Scheffler. Um, and what did Burns do? He shot a five under 65, then went to a playoff. And on the very first playoff hole, he said, hold my beer. But Scotty's not even looking at it. No, it turns. Here's the putt on the way for Sam. Goes right at the end. Oh, a putt. He did it. Unbelievable putt there from Sam Burns. From off the green. But Yeah, just off the green, and he birdies it, nails it on the first playoff hole, and gets the dub. Beats Beat Scotty Scheffler on the first playoff hole. Amazing. Okay, some sad news to report um, out of the NFL. When is it ever good news, God? Um, Cardinals defensive backer corner uh, Jeff Gladney died in a car crash. Um, I don't have any further information on this. Uh, it was a little convoluted when it came out um there wasn't much info that they were releasing gladney dead at the age of 25 espn reported that it was a car accident um gladney was the vikings it, probably not a guy that many people know of or have heard of the name i recognize the name probably couldn't pick him out of a lineup but he was the vikings first round pick in the 2020 draft but was released in august after a felony assault indictment so you know, had a rough little rough patch there. Um, he was later found not guilty and only signed with the Cardinals in recent weeks. So RIP to uh, Jeff Gladney. Um, my condolences to his family, etc. All right. ESPN has hired CJ McCullum as an analyst. The Pelicans guard is obviously no stranger to broadcasting or social media, or, you know, being in front of a camera, whatever you want to call it. Um, he already ha has a successful podcast. I don't know if most people knew that, but he's a smart kid, went to played at Lehigh. Um, he will be joining ESPN as a multi-platform NBA analyst, whatever that means, starting with, of course, the finals this week. He will also provide commentary year-round when feasible. Yeah, because he's still a very much active player. Um, but this kind of like what Draymond Green is doing with Turner Sports and I guess some other players, they're starting to get into this kind of thing as well. Um, you know, the media giants, the 
are, are trying to capitalize on these players, you know, while they're still playing um, to be more relatable, I guess, and bring in that, that younger audience. All right, can we get to the NHL playoffs now, please? Here we go. I'm not a big hockey guy. I've probably watched like less than five minutes of hockey during this playoffs, um, but I've seen highlights. You know, I, I know what's going on. I pay attention to the scores. These playoffs have clearly been electric. I'm no idiot to what's going on. There were multiple game sevens in the opening round. It's all come down to the final four teams, the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, you know, the Western Conference Finals. It started with the Colorado Avalanche and Edmonton Oilers opening things up on Tuesday in the Western Conference Finals with an absolute goal fest. Colorado came out on top by a final score of eight to six. Oh my God. Yeah, the 14 combined goals are the second most in the conference final or later in NHL history. Just some quick fun facts, some stats here. The Oilers are averaging 4.46 goals per game in the playoffs, which would have ranked number one in the regular season. Yeah, that is an absolute lot. Um, coincidentally enough, Colorado is the only team scoring more than Edmonton this postseason, averaging 4.64 goals per game. So they're just... This is bad luck. They, they've run into a buzzsaw at this point. Um, the Oilers are giving up 3.46 goals per game in the playoffs, which would have ranked 24th in the regular season. Uh, look out. The Avalanche are tough. Um, they came back in game two, locked it down on D, and they shut out the Oilers 4-0 in game two. It was tied 0-0 in the second when Colorado went on a barrage of goal scoring, three goals in two minutes and four seconds. Just absolutely ridiculous. Now, um, my guy Don LaGreca on the Michael K show, he doesn't seem to be worried because everyone's like, man, Colorado is dangerous. Um, but according to Don LaGreca, these goalies on these teams are not very strong, and he likes his chances if the Rangers get through, he said, really, either team from this Eastern Conference gets through, they're probably winning just because of the goal scoring. But he was mostly saying that the Rangers are facing some tough goalies. Um, and he likes their chances should they face off against uh, Colorado, who is the consensus. They were the favorite going into this whole thing, and they're up to nothing. The consensus is that they will hold on and they will get into the finals. All right, let's talk a little French Open action. Uh, Rafael Nadal, we all know how good he is on clay, but I don't know if we really, really know how good he is at Roland Garros. Well, he defeated Djokovic in four sets Tuesday to advance to the French Open semis. Incredibly, this is ridiculous, it was the 59th matchup between the two. And the Joker still owns a slim 30 to 29 lead. That's how close the series is. But Nadal is an incredible 109 and three at Roland Garros. And two of those three losses came against, yep, you guessed it, the Joker himself. It's just ridiculous. Um, he ended up reaching the final today after world number three, Alexander Zverev, had to withdraw due to injury. And um, he's, he's going to face off against one of two guys 
they're still currently battling it out. It's they got some it's some crazy European names, so um, I'm not even going to bother. But yeah, that will take place the French Open final Sunday morning at 9 a.m. And I feel like we were here about a year ago when I wanted to take Nadal as an underdog, um, and I didn't, and he ended up winning. So I'm probably going to bet him to win the French Open because he's just ridiculously unstoppable. Oh, and by the way, it was his 36th birthday today. So happy birthday to Rafa. Rafa. All right, it seems like another week. Some more fallout from the Saudi-backed live tour. This time from a very established, well-known, top-tier player in Dustin Johnson who decided you know what, I will join this league and I will play in this event taking place in London next week. Okay, so here's what happened. Let's back up a few months. When Phil Mickelson made his comments that sparked a huge outrage in February, Dustin Johnson, along with a bevy, a slew of other top uh, PGA Tour pros, you know, came out, oh, I'm loyal to the PGA, yada, yada, yada. Well, Dustin Johnson specifically said he was fully committed to the PGA Tour. Well, my oh my, how a few months and about $125 million changes someone's mind really, really quickly. Oh my God. Yes, that is correct. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it here a couple weeks ago. I know I told my dad that Jack Nicholas, 80-something-a-year-old Jack Nicholas, was offered $100 million to play in this thing. I think to play. I don't know what else he would do if he if they weren't trying to pay him to play. Uh, but now they've offered Dustin Johnson, one of the best players in the world, $125 million to play. And he finally decided, you know what? Yeah, I'll take that money. Well, it wasn't without immediate fallout uh, for, Well, because his decision lost him a sponsorship as the Royal Bank of Canada or better known as the RBC, dropped their sponsorship deal with him. They also dropped their sponsorship deal with Graham McDowell, who is joining the this league as well. Um, so in a statement made to ESPN, uh, R, an RBC spokesperson wrote, as a result of the decisions made by professional golfers Dustin Johnson and Graham McDowell to play the Live Golf Invitational Series opener, RBC is terminating its sponsorship agreement with both players. We wish them well in their future endeavors. So there you have it. Um, and this is really not shocking. Uh, Lee Westwood, who is joining this league as well, lost his sponsorship deal with UPS. So a bunch of these sponsorship deals are, be, are, you know, a bunch of these sponsors are dropping these players, but clearly it means nothing. They're getting paid way more than these sponsors are paying them if they're just willing to drop them. That's a fact. Uh, they're not, they're not stupid. All right. Um, so, you know, and, and the guy that this is all surrounding, you know, that started this whole controversy in Phil Mickelson, nobody's heard from him. He's, as far as we know, not going to play in this first event, but he was the one that started the whole thing saying, oh yeah, I don't care about the human rights violations. I'm doing it for the money or whatever he said. Uh, just... Yeah, now it seems like everybody else is doing it. Um, but as for the tournament, it will be just 54 holes. There will be no cut. 
which is kind of interesting um, because then, you know, it's still, it gives everybody an outside chance, even if they're not playing well. The total purse, $25 million, bigger than any event on the PGA Tour this season, save for the Tour Championship, whose purse is just the entire FedEx Cup prize payout. Just ridiculous. Okay, uh, the Browns find themselves with a little bit of egg on their face as Deshaun Watson, yep, you guessed it, faces his 23rd civil suit. 23. Um, a woman by the name of Naya or Nia Smith, a cosmetologist, officially sued Watson and accused him of sexual misconduct. Of course, his lawyer, Rusty Hardin, said in a statement that Watson vehemently denies these allegations. And I'm, I'm left sitting here wondering why in the world did the Browns trade for this man instead of Russell Wilson or trying to go out and get a Kyler Murray or something. Um, it's just ridiculous. This man should and probably will be suspended for the entire season. Baker Mayfield doesn't want to play for this team. What are they doing? This is brutal. All right, I spoke about the Western Conference Finals in the NHL. Let's jump over to the Eastern Conference Finals, Game 1, because uh, Game 2 is tonight. After the Rangers knocked off the Hurricanes in Game 7 to advance, first of all, the Rangers were underdogs in that Game 7 in Carolina. They smoked them 6-2. to two. It wasn't even a close. It was just, it was like jaw dropping the fact that they won that game. I thought for sure they'd lose that game. Then I figured they, they just come off a, you know, an emotional, um, tiring seven game, like grueling series. Right. And they are playing in the Eastern conference finals, granted a place they haven't been in a few, quite a few years, a young team, you know, they're, they're still new to this whole thing. And they're playing the two-time defending champ, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, I'm listening to radio. I'm listening to everybody. Ranger fans themselves are saying, no way the Rangers win game one. No way. Even though the Rangers are the two-seed Lightning or the three, this was at MSG. So I was like, all right, I don't know much about hockey. I don't really bet hockey. I'm going to throw some money on Tampa Bay, not to win, money line, because it was like minus 135. I'm like, no, I'm going to get a little greedy. I'm going to bet them to win by more than one and a half goals. So minus one and a half, because that was at plus 190. That was good good money. It jumped to plus 200 when I bet it. And, you know, I'm thinking, all right, if worst case scenario, like the Lightning win by one goal, but I look, they just came off a sweep of Florida. You know, they're rested, you know, um, They've only had they only had like one game where they where they didn't win by more than one goal in the past in the last series. And, and, you know, when they win, they pretty much win by a few goals. So I'm feeling good, right? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Not only did they lose guys and gals. They lost by a final of 6 to 2 the same score the rangers won by in game 7 over the canes like did that has a sleeping giant been awoken like what is going on and the best part is i i bet this game i bet the lightning because all i kept hearing and all i keep hearing was that the lightning's andre vasilevsky is the league's best goalie and and then you're going to give up 6 goals how does this happen? Oh, it happens because it's 2022, and ever since January, your boy, the Pody, 
has been on a downward spiral and can't hit the broadside of a barn when it comes to a bet. You should wait till you hear what happened last night. I'll get to more of that in a second. I mean, they didn't look, the Rangers didn't look like a team that was tired and coming off a seven game series. They looked like the exact opposite. They looked like the hurricane should have looked like having all this rest coming off of a sweep. What I think has happened here is that this is a young Rangers team that hasn't been in this situation. They don't really know how to lose. They don't because they're not expect because they're even though they're expected to lose, they don't they're they're a scary team because when you're young and fiery, you know, you're you're willing to take on anybody. There's no expectation. There's no, you know, they haven't lost to anybody before this group. So it's a scary sight. And and I, I'm a little, you know, perplexed. Um, game two is tonight. And, and I don't know that I can, you know, uh, bet, bet the lightning. I think they, they should win. Um, but, you know, they're favorites again. But I don't, I, I can't, you know, confidently say that they're going to win or not. All right, the uh, we got some World Cup action to talk about, some qualifiers. So remember, I don't know if you remember way back when, I don't even know how many months ago it was now or a month or how, how long ago it was, but um, when the World Cup field was announced, um, I, I remember there were still three remaining spots that had to be, you know, there was like playoff or play-in implications. Well, on Wednesday... Ukraine moved one step closer to securing a bid to the World Cup with its 3-1 victory over Scotland. Yes, that Ukraine. Um, The game was originally supposed to be scheduled for March, but obviously there's a Russian invasion of Ukraine going on, so that led to its postponement. Um, Ukraine will now play Wales this Sunday to determine which team joins the World Cup field. This is just an incredible, incredible that they won that game. If they get into this field, it, it's like, you know, it's like divine intervention or something. And this is just absolutely insane. This is probably something that this country needs more than than, than people in the West like myself Um even know I I know these got these players the captain was getting emotional before the game it's just in, just insane they haven't played a match since the Russian invasion it's been months and then they go out and they beat Scotland three to one um, but this this matchup on Sunday between Wales and Ukraine this will be of huge importance and particular interest to the U.S. Um, because as the winner of this game the winner of this match will join the Americans in Group B, and that will be the United States' first matchup. Uh, They will round out Group B, which also includes, like I said, the Americans, United States, uh, but also Iran and England. So, uh, yeah, that'll be interesting. I'm going to try to, uh, if I remember Sunday, to watch that if I'm not golfing or something. Um, But, yeah, the World Cup will start, I believe, November 21st in Al-Rayyan. So, yeah, Uh, let's see. The other two spots remaining have not been played out yet, but they will be determined in like 10 days, the 13th and the 14th. We have Australia. They will play um, the United Arab Emirates. The winner of that matchup will then play a winner-take-all match against Peru for one of those final two spots. The winner there will advance to Group D, joining France, Denmark, and Tunisia. And then you have in the final um, spot to get in, you have Costa Rica battling New Zealand um, for the last spot to join Spain, Germany, and Japan in Group E, which to me, that's the strongest group thus far um, in the entire tournament. So interesting. 
All right. Um, we had this year's version of the of Capital One's The Match on TNT Wednesday at 6.30. This time, it didn't feature any real golfers, which was weird, um, but rather four quarterbacks. You had two teams of two, uh, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. And of course, Rodgers and Brady have done this before. So yes, they were the betting favorites at like minus 130. It wasn't anything crazy. And then Mahomes and Allen are the two new guys, but they're studs. You know, we know that Patrick Mahomes can play baseball and is a dual sport athlete. Um, yeah, he can golf as well. And Josh Allen's just a freak, just an absolute beast. Uh, in the end, it was Rodgers and Brady who were the, uh, who won it. Um, by sinking, it was really Rogers with a beautiful tee shot. And then he sunk it with a birdie on the final hole. I was a bit excited for this until I found out it was on a weekday and it was at six 30 during hockey playoffs, um, during, uh, base, you know, baseball going on. And to be fair, I was binging stranger things season four. Um, so I really didn't, didn't catch catch much of it. Um, I did see all the highlights and I do have some of the best moments from, from the, uh, from, from the match. Cause it started like six 30 and it's like five hours long. It after it, it had to have ended like around midnight or after 11. So it's just like, it was too long. So, uh, but here were some of the highlights starting off with, um, Josh Allen poking fun at Tom Brady. So, uh, he pulls a ball out of his pocket and he shows everybody that this is the ball that he will be playing with for the match. This little thing. Oh, oh nice. Just These ones will be playing, yeah. <laughs> 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 and the uh, Tom Brady combine man, picture. Good there, man. Was, <laughs> the the picture is so cool. The picture is so old that they had to like shrink it down. What kind they couldn't of use the old golf thing. ball is this? It's <laughs> an encore, baby. I never heard of that. You playing that? Oh yeah. Oh god, I gotta check the regulation. I never heard of that. Play well, guys. College, I never heard of. Now you got golf balls, I never heard of. Yeah. I don't know if you heard that last part, but uh, Brady is an awesome jab back at him. Uh, you're playing a ball I never heard of. You went to a college I never heard of because he went to, of course, Wyoming um, and had no D1 offers out of college. But um, here is some other, you know what? No, what I'm going to do, I'm going to save the rest because it's like two minutes long of all the best jabs and and some of the highlights from the match. I'll save that for the end and I'll leave you guys with that to close out the show because I think that'll flow a little bit better. Let's let's jump back into this thing and let's move on and then I'll get to that later um, as the show's closing. A um, couple of NFL players announcing their retirements. Uh, number one, Frank Gore. He signed a one-day contract with the Niners yesterday and officially retired, ending a 16-year career that includes, excuse me, 16,000 yards on the dot. Good for third all-time. Just such an underrated player. Then, of course, Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Harvard-educated quarterback who brought us that glorious beard as well as the Fitz magic to nine different teams over a 17-year span. He called it quits yesterday as well. In 17 seasons, he started 147 games, throwing for 34,990 yards and 223 touchdowns with 169 interceptions. He began his career as a seventh-round draft pick of the St. Louis Rams in 2005. He also played for the Bengals, Bills, Titans, Texans, Jets, 
Buccaneers, Dolphins, and Washington during his career. He did start games for all nine of those teams, which is an NFL record among quarterbacks. However, Ryan Fitzpatrick never made the playoffs during his career, and I will never forgive him for 2015 in Buffalo. Jets had a chance to clinch with a win, and he crapped his pants and crapped the bed. And yeah, the Jets haven't made the playoffs or come close since. Oh, that irks me. All right, uh, back to some French Open action on the women's side. American teenager Coco Goff is an absolute beast. I think we all already knew that, but she is now in the French Open final where she will face off with world number one, Iga Swiatek. Uh, or Iga Swiatek. I don't know how you pronounce it. It's I think that's Polish. Goff is the youngest woman to reach a slam final since Maria Sharapova landed in the Wimbledon final at 17 years old in 04. Just ridiculous. Um, and you know what? I might be betting her too because I feel like she's going to be a huge underdog because this Swiatek chick or woman has won 34 straight matches. 34 straight. Uh, this one will take place tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Like I said, the men's side will be Sunday at 9 a.m. Okay, uh, let's talk real quick. Not real quick, but you had Warriors-Celtics game one last night. This was a wild game, wild game. And I was tuned in because I bet on it. Um, I did a people's parlay on DraftKings. I needed two steals from Marcus Smart, 12-plus points from Al Horford, and two-plus threes from Jordan Poole. Missed it by one three thanks to Jordan Poole. Unbelievable. Um, so anyway, the Warriors, this was back and forth. Steph Curry set a finals record with six threes in the first quarter. He had like 21 points after one quarter. But fast forward to the end of the second quarter, he makes no threes in the second, and they find themselves down two to the Celtics at the half. And wow, um, I don't know how they were hanging in there. Come out third quarter, um, the Warriors, you know, blitz them for like 39 points. They go up 12. Steph hits 1-3 in that quarter. So stupid me at the half. Um, I bet Steph over seven and a half threes. He needed just two more. I'm like, this is easy money. He hits one early in the third. I needed one more three, and he couldn't do it. And same with Jordan Poole. I needed one more three. I would have won 330 bucks. Instead, I lost money. It was just unbelievable. Like I said, I can't hit a single bet right now. It's just frustrating. Um, but the Warriors still had a 12-point lead going into the fourth quarter. Unfortunately for them, they still had a fourth quarter remaining. The Celtics were unbelievable in the fourth quarter. Jalen Brown scored 24. The ageless wonder Al Horford scored a team-high 26 on a career-high 6 of 8 from 3. It's unbelievable. It's the most three-pointers made by someone making their finals debut. It's unbelievable, and it's it, it, it's it's insane. Um, the Celtics started 7 for 7 from 3 to open the fourth and turned a 12-point deficit into a 15-point lead blowing the Warriors out of the water. Steve Kerr emptied the bench with a minute left. The Warriors were outscored 40-16 to in the fourth quarter and lost by a final of 120-108. It's just ridiculous. I saw Draymond Green did say after the game, um, you know, Derek White, Al Horford, um, 
Marcus Smart, these guys hit like 15 of 23 threes. So he's like, oh, you know, we'll be all right. We'll be all right. Well, you know what? They won't be all right because their best player in Jason Tatum was three for 17 and only scored 12 points. So that's concerning if you're the Warriors. They didn't play good defense against the three. And yeah, he's right. Those guys won't hit those threes that consistently. But here's something else that can't happen. Draymond Green can't go two for 12. Draymond Green can't take five more shots than Jordan Poole. It's just ridiculous. Like, what is Draymond Green doing? And he fouled out of the game like, like a boob that he is, again, with like a minute left. Just fouled out. Just unbelievable. Unbelievable. But anyway, that was game one. We'll come back for game two tomorrow, and I will bet heavily on the Warriors because they can't win the NBA Finals if they lose game two at home. Just can't do it. It's bad enough they blew game one at home. Just ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous. All right, so the Phillies, this is pretty much breaking news. This came out earlier today. Funny fact, I was talking about this with uh, my buddy, yesterday or the day before because he's gotten into a lot of sports betting and we were talking about the Phillies and he was going to bet the Phillies and I had just told him they had lost a couple games and they were really underperforming and Joe Girardi's really on the hot seat and lo and behold the Phillies have fired Joe Girardi in his third season so didn't fully make it through three seasons two plus seasons the Phillies today announcing that they have fired Girardi after the 22 and nine start. And when you begin to, it's not as bad as it sounds per se, because they're just five and a half out of a wild card spot. Um, but they're 12 games back of the Mets and third in the NL East right now. But when you start to peel back the onion, it, it, it's pretty bad. Um, it, it, the numbers are bad. Uh, they've lost seven of their last nine games. A lot of this is not on him. Corey Nebel blew two saves back-to-back games. Uh, there's really not much he could do there. They have a putrid bullpen. Uh, Bryce Harper's hurt in the outfield. He's only DHing now because he had that partial tear of, I think, what is UCL. And uh, just things things are not going well for the Phillies. They have not clicked. Joe Girardi did not make the playoffs a single time in his two plus years there. Uh, but here was Jeff Passan with more and really why they decided to go in this direction and fired Joe Girardi. Why did Philly choose to make this move right now? Matt, there had been concern in recent weeks inside of the clubhouse that Joe Girardi simply was not the right fit for this team. Now it's easy for players who have a combined $230 million payroll or seven games under 500 to say it's the manager's fault. It's easy for the front office that hasn't produced players internally through drafting and developing to look at the manager and scapegoat him. But the reality is Girardi had made enough mistakes tactically that he had lost the clubhouse and the Phillies believed that going with Rob Thompson for the rest of the season was likelier to get them back on track. Yeah, and by the way, Girardi knows how to work with a team with a payroll. He was the manager of the Yankees, the definition <laughs> of what a big payroll looks like. So with Girardi gone, things are just getting worse day by day for the Phillies. They get Bryce Harper's dealing with the arm injury. Gene Segura out 10 to 12 weeks with a fractured finger. So you had the turmoil with the manager. You've got some injuries with some of your stars. What's next for this team? Well, the hope is that there's some kind of a rebound. But at this point, the reality is 
The Phillies are the third best team at best in the National League East. The New York Mets look like far and away the best team in the East right now. And let's not forget the Atlanta Braves, who are sort of lingering in the same position they were last year, underachieving some. But they certainly turned it on enough to win a World Series last year. The, the Phillies have talent, Matt. They've got Bryce Harper. They've got Aaron Nola. They've got Zach Wheeler, JT Real Muto, Nick Castellanos, Kyle Schwarber. They've got that enormous payroll. They've got a bullpen that's better than it's been in past seasons, but still has problems. They have enough there to win. Do they have enough to dig themselves out of this hole, though? It's going to be tough sledding the rest of the way, and the Phillies are hoping for a turnaround, but typically a managerial change isn't the sort of thing that does it. It's a roster change. Uh, Yeah, so Joe Girardi out, bench coach Rob Thompson, who Yankee fans are very familiar with because he was with the Yankees with Girardi um, when he was the manager of the Yankees, and he will serve as the interim manager for the rest of the season, while quality assurance coach Mike Kalitri was promoted to bench coach. And we'll we'll see. Will this you know reignite a team that has the uh, Cy Young runner up from last year and Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, who pitched well the other night uh, before getting. Uh, banged around, I think, in like the fifth inning. Uh, they did That was the game that they did come back to win. But uh, yeah, bad bullpen. They're going to have to make some trades. They're not fully out of it yet. 22 and 29, they could go on a little bit of a run. And let's be real, are the Mets going to keep this up? Their series with the Dodgers opened yesterday, and now we're starting to see what the Mets are really made of, if they're for real or not, and they got blanked 2 nothing to the Dodgers last night. So it, hope is not all lost, uh, but of course, not surprising that they canned Girardi just because there's got to be a scapegoat, and it was Girardi. Um, in other baseball news, the Houston Astros and slugger Jordan Alvarez agreed to a six-year $115 million contract extension. The deal will begin next season and buys out three of Alvarez's free agent years. It also represents the biggest contract ever for a player whose primary position is DH, and it guarantees him 26 mil a year for the free agent seasons. This deal is notable. It is the fifth fifth largest for a player who has yet to reach arbitration behind Fernando Tatis Jr.'s 14-year, $340 million contract. Yeah, that's working out so well. He hid the fact that he had a motorcycle accident and hasn't played all season because of a thumb injury. Uh, Wander Franco's 11-year, $182 million extension. Yeah, a guy that all he does is buy million-dollar cars and and, and spe- spends his money on cars. It's just absurd. Kid's like 23 years old, and that's all he's buying is expensive cars. Don't get it, but... Okay, then you had Buster Posey's eight-year, $159 million deal. Uh, I don't remember when exactly that was, but Buster Posey was a huge catalyst in them going on that little dynastic run where they won, what, three championships in the 2010s or, you know, around those years. Um, And then, of course, um, Mike Trout's six-year, $144.5 million agreement. What's notable about this, too, though, is I was thinking about this. Alvarez is still just 24 years old, so he could potentially and most likely will, barring any crazy injuries or some really down years, he could very well parlay this $115 million deal into another 
big time contract when he is 30. Now with the universal DH, um, even if he were to go to a National League team now, those teams would be in the running for him because he does play a little outfield like left field, but he's mostly a DH. So he'd be 30 years old. And why can't he get another six-year, $115 million deal or $100 million deal? So, so yeah, uh, keep an eye out for that for sure uh, in, in, in six years or so. Um, I briefly spoke about the Mets. They're one of the best teams in baseball, but so are my Yankees. They had an unbelievable day yesterday. And... Um, uh, Tyone pitched a perfect game into the eighth inning. I was back and forth with that game and with um, the Warriors and Celtics game. It was just very exciting. Nasty Nestor in game one. He was picking off Otani. He was striking out seven guys. No runs through seven innings. He's lowered his ERA to 1.5. The Yankees are just behind the Dodgers in overall team ERA. It's absolutely ridiculous what this team has been doing. When they traded Sanchez, when they traded Gio Urshela, I was like, what is Brian Cashman doing? I don't know if I like this because I was a bigger Urshela guy. Um, Sanchez, the Twins could have had. That was fine. But they brought in guys like Jose Trevino and Josh Donaldson, who is finally back off his little COVID stint or IL stint and suspension, et cetera. And um, uh, who else did they bring in? IKF, who stole a couple bases yesterday. It's just, it's been fun to watch. And although they waited till the eighth inning uh, when they were losing to score because Tyone finally gave up a hit in the eighth inning and then a two-out single, I thought they should have pulled him there with two outs in the eighth with a runner on third base. They didn't pull him. They go down one nothing. but then Rizzo gets the two, the, the, the big two-out, uh, two-run single. And the Yankees, even though they made it a little interesting, Clay Holmes in the ninth base is loaded, gets the ground out to end it, and the Yankees get the sweep. And the Yankees are the top team in baseball, although by most metrics, um, people will say that the Dodgers are number one in the power rankings, but by standings, the Yankees are number one, 36 and 15. Uh, the next closest would be the Dodgers, uh, 34 and 17, and the Mets are 35 and 18. Um, so it's just, it's been fun to watch, but again, we'll see We'll see if they can keep this up. I don't see how Nestor Cortez keeps up. He's th- throwing to a, pitching to a 1.5 ERA. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, Tyone's ERA is in the low twos now it's just it really is a marvel everything that's been going on um so you know it's it's been fun there they got garrett cole on the bump tonight they're on apple tv plus uh the against the tigers for a little friday night baseball and uh you've also got the braves and rockies tonight on friday night baseball um so yeah yankees is coming up live and then uh you've got the the uh Braves and Rockies a little bit later. So, yeah, um, like I said, there's a lot going on this weekend. You, you know, we've got NBA finals. We've got Eastern Conference finals in in the NHL tonight. Uh, like I said, I'm taking the Lightning. I'm not betting this game, but I, I'm picking the Lightning. If I was betting, I would take the Lightning. Um, I just think they, after the 6-2 shelling, they found their footing a little bit. They'll get back in the swing of things. I think the Warriors will win game two. That game I will be betting on. And speaking of the Warriors, that'll get us to our last comment, uh, our last segment. 
Um, of course, on this date in sports, we take it back to the NBA Finals in 2018. So June 3rd, 2018, Steph Curry breaking Ray Allen's record for most three-pointers made in a Finals game with nine threes on 17 attempts. Um, those 17 attempts are the most ever in a Finals game as well. He has hit this is just ridiculous numbers, including last night, Steph Curry has hit at least seven three-pointers six different times in the finals. Nobody else has done it more than twice. And including last night, he now has 128 three-pointers made in the finals, the, ne clo the next closest being LeBron with 101 and then Klay Thompson with 86. It's just, the numbers are ridiculous. I, that's why I'm just so angry that he couldn't get me two threes in the second half. From the first quarter, after the first quarter where he set a record with six, he made he made one three the rest of the game. It's just it's such a bad beat. It's not even funny. And then Jordan Poole only made one three, and I needed it's just uh, some. And then, of course, Al Horford going off for six three pointers. I, I I mean, Al Horford, by the way, hundred and forty one playoff games in his career, first Finals appearance. That's the longest stretch of anybody making their first Finals appearance. Just incredible. It's the ageless wonder. He's been the best plus minus on this entire Celtic squad throughout the playoffs. And I said it when they swept the Nets. This team is for real, and this team might win a championship. And I hate to say it, um, as a Steph fan. I kind of want to see Boston win the finals and kind of, so I kind of sort of say, oh, look, my Nets, they got swept because they played the best team in the NBA, you know? So, and I just can't stand Draymond. I can't stand him. Two of 12. Why are you taking 12 shots? Why? He's a buffoon. And then Al Horford, when he scores and gets the and one, he does the signature Draymond and he flexes and people were loving it. And he did it in Golden State, no less, at the Chase Center. I'm living for this series. I can't wait. This this could go seven, um, but I'm going to be all over Warriors tomorrow night in a redemption game. I just, I, I, I have to because I, I'm looking for a good series. And if you want a good series, you want the Warriors to win tomorrow. And that's it. Uh, so we've got French Open, men's and women's, women tomorrow, men's Sunday. It's, it's going to be a great weekend. There's softball, uh, the juggernaut that is Oklahoma on the softball side. you got Tom Brady's you know, niece, Maya Brady, for UCLA. You, you've got, uh, you know, you've got uh, NCAA baseball. Uh, just there's so much going on. USFL, if you're into that, the, in, into that. Um, I mean, what more can I say? I, I, I don't know what else to say. Besides, let me get off this damn podcast so I can publish it and finish editing and publish it so you guys can listen to it and get the scoop on my picks. I'm taking Coco Golf and I'm taking Rafi Nadal to win the French Opens. And if I'm feeling a little frisky, I might parlay those two, but we'll see. But I'm going to start getting back into betting on you know a more frequent basis now that the summer's starting to kick off and softball's over and I can wind down and I have some time on my hands. Um, I'm going to start getting into the swing of things. Um, so yeah, that just about wraps this thing up. This is the Pody. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode after a nice little two-week hiatus. I do apologize for that, but existential circumstances. If you haven't seen Stranger Things, please go watch it. Those seven episodes were epic. I finished it last night during the finals. Okay, I had both going. Um, I've got to finish up. I've got to watch the Stranger... Uh, 
excuse me, I almost said Stranger Things again. I've got to watch the uh, Shining Girls season finale. That last episode ended with a bang. And The Boys on Amazon Prime is back, I believe just the first three episodes so far. So I'm going to hold off like a good little boy and wait for the rest of that to come out. Uh, There's just so much good television television, movies, et cetera, to watch, sports, whatever, what have you. Oh, and and the big thing that that I forgot to mention to before I, you know, as I wrap this thing up, the great Derek Jeter himself joined social media earlier this week. And that's incredible. Uh, more of a reserved, quiet guy. He's got some time on his hands now since he stepped down from the Marlins presidency or whatever he was doing there. So that's cool. He's on social media. He's tweeting. He's on Instagram. He was promoting his uh, 30 for 30 that's coming out in July, which is going to be an absolute masterpiece. Cannot wait for that. Um, I'm going to hopefully try to finish. I'm reading a this one book right now on my Kindle, hopefully try to finish that and then dive into the Phil Mickelson book that my brother bought for me for my birthday. Um, I loaned it to my dad um, and he's been reading it and some of the stuff in there he said is just unbelievable. Uh, so uh, yeah, I really want to uh, read that. Uh, there's a lot There's a lot to do this weekend. I've got nothing but time this weekend. I will probably, uh, I might golf, uh, still debating it. I don't know. I didn't play well Monday, so I'm you know contemplating uh, my love-hate relationship with the sport. But uh, yeah, there's golf on this weekend. Um, Matsuyama wa- was kicked out or disqualified from the memorial because photos on Instagram uh, spawned an investigation because he had like lines, markings on his three wood. So they kicked him out, just, just all sorts of craziness. But anyway, I digress. An hour and nine minutes in. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Hope it wasn't too much. Hope I caught you up on the big ticket items, the big issues um, going on in sports. And, you know, if you're a Rangers fan, go root for your Rangers. If you're, you know, a fan of the Celtics or Warriors, good luck to your teams. Um, you know, your alma maters competing in softball or baseball NCAA tournaments. Good luck to those teams as well. It's just an exciting time in sports as we kick things off here in the first weekend of June. So this is the Pody. You just listened to episode 171. And now I will end this episode as promised with all the best sound from the match. 2022. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. Ask Josh if he's ever seen one of these. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Josh, have you ever seen one of these? Do you know what that is? I've seen one before. I've seen, one. Okay, I've seen it. Okay. Riding who's back? Tom Brady's second at the par five, second. And I oh, there it is. oh my goodness! Good shot, two twelve. There it is. Thanks, boys. At the third. This guy's pretty good at golf. <laughs> That's what happens when you don't go to OTAs. You just sit around and play golf all day. Huh? <laughs> oh, walk that in, won't you? Beauty. Oh, it's a little. Thank you, guys. Call that a love tap. Call that a love tap. I prepare my whole life for this moment, actually. Not the Super Bowl, this. Okay, I'm not all just muscle and and brawn. There's some brains here. I got so much adrenaline in my body right now, dude. I'm just hitting nine irons and pitching with. Little chunky. I call that a little Josh Allen-y. <laughs>
cut. Ooh. Cut. Kick it off of it. Oh, buddy, it's oh, my go in. Look at this shot. It's my go in. Sitting next to you all day, it sounds like you don't ever hit a bump. Oh, here we go, guys. Here we go. Oh, we got a chance here. Keep cutting. Big hop. Big hop. Come on. Get on. Come on. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, that's a beauty. What a shot. Oh, my. And he just oh, my. Yes, sir. Oh, my. Let's go, baby.